I'll play a clip and switch some uh, switch microphones or something here. All right. Um, okay, we're ready to go. Okay. Now here we go. I'm, you read me now. All right. All right. Um, there we go. Yeah. All right. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Sorry for the technical problems, folks. Good morning. Welcome to the live July 9th, 2023 edition Liberation Station radio show. Uh, sorry for a little problem where my blind came off at the last second here and hit my webcam. I had to set it back up, but we're all, everything is rolling smoothly. I spent uh, quite a bit of time before the show to get it streaming on uh, seven platforms. So I'll tell you what those are. You're, we're live here with you every Sunday, 11 a.m., to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. The site is the Liberation Station Radio Show. And the chat room is on the listen slash archives page at theliberationstation.com. And uh, we're going to have to adjust that camera a little bit, I see. Uh, so um, we're streaming out live now also on DLive, Facebook, Kick, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, and Vaughn Live. So you can go over to the Republic Broadcasting Facebook page and check that out, facebook.com slash republicbroadcasting. And at republicbroadcasting.org, please donate whatever you can whenever you find something useful. Remind yourself that's uh, really worth it for all the well, all the uh, things that I've heard over the 20 years here on RBN has uh, been well worth the time spent um, to... Uh, the time they spend to uh, deliver it to us and you know, a lot of it's just uh, most of the folks are volunteers so we need to recognize that they're dedicated they're not being paid and uh, they should get donations here and there so please go over to republicbroadcasting.org click the donate page and for a recurring donation so Republic Broadcasting can budget please uh, make it a recurring donation and uh, keep the RBN community alive here so so many great listeners and callers um and uh let's start out now with a a reason to sponsor rbn and listen to the alternative media our market share is growing (laughs) this is uh, this is obvious but uh, we'll give you some metrics here some analytics on how much the uh, market share of the alternative, well, now it's the mainstream media, according to the numbers, and the lying, dying slave stream media is not recognizing that they just need to tell the truth in order to get back their audience, or else uh, maybe fire someone who starts to tell the truth on a to a much greater degree, like Tucker Carlson. But um, I know there are other issues involved with him, you know, this is uh, the lawsuit, Dominion lawsuit, but um, yeah, certainly uh, they could have resolved it earlier. If they, they could have um, recognized that if Tucker was an issue earlier, they would have. So um, I'm going to play a clip here from two weeks ago, uh, High Wire with Del Big Tree, Jeff, Jeffrey Jackson making his usual appearance on the June 29th edition of the High Wire with Del Big Tree, entitled burden of truth it's episode 325 and he uh, reports on how much this lying dying slave stream media is losing 
their market share. It's time for the Jackson Report. All right, Jeffrey Jackson, I'm a little bit giddy. I'm going to try and stay focused here. Got Scott Atlas coming up, but first, what's happening in the news? All right, Dell. Well, we know now that the FDA has denied a citizen's petition to update the COVID label with evidence of the adverse reactions that there is a basis, a scientific basis to to really put on there. So this idea, like like Kennedy was saying, and like you were saying, of this scene posture by the U.S. Uh, health health it, it, agencies, it has carried over into big tech's censorship algorithms, mm. into kind of this like 21st century digital algorithmic censorship complex that we're living in. Yeah. And recently, Mark Zuckerberg, he's the, the leader of Meta, was once Facebook. He had a candid moment on an interview recently where he talked about, you know, he was the hammer of censorship, his, his organization uh, with Instagram as well. And he had his candid moment where he's starting to talk about, well, maybe we did the wrong thing. Take a listen. All right. I do think that you get to a set of harms where there is more social debate around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so misinformation, I think, is um, has been a really tricky one because there are things that are kind of obviously false, right, that are maybe factual, um, but may not be harmful. Um, so it's like, all right, are you going to censor someone for just being wrong? It's, you know, if, if there's no kind of harm implication of what they're doing, I think that that's, there's, there's a bunch of real kind of issues and challenges there. But then I think that there are other places where it is, um, you just take some of the stuff around COVID earlier on in the pandemic, where um, there were, you know, real health implications, but there hadn't been time to fully vet a bunch of the scientific assumptions. And, you know, unfortunately, I think a lot of the kind of establishment on that, um, you know, kind of waffled on a bunch of facts and, you know, asked for a bunch of things to be censored that in retrospect ended up being, you know, more debatable or, or true. And that stuff is really tough, right? And really undermines trust. So, yeah, there he says, waffled on facts. And, he, you know, he was kind of waffling as well, saying like, well, we kind of just censored it and maybe it turned out to be true. And the, but they were censoring people's actual stories about adverse reactions after a vaccine. They were talking about, you know, the harms of lockdowns, masking. Remember, uh, we, we couldn't even ask about the origins of the virus if it came from a lab or if it was natural. If you if you ended up on one side of that equation, you were censored from yeah, the very we lost, beginning. Look, we lost our Facebook channel. That happened. And it's incredible to hear him say, you know, erring on the side of caution, we went with a shoot first destroy the cost for you know the first amendment of the united states of america and then ask questions later and as it turns out we made some mistakes sorry about that sorry about the destruction of your civil rights here in america and one of the leading healthcare professionals leading that charge was outgoing director now of the cdc rochelle walensky yeah. she appeared and testified before the select committee on the coronavirus pandemic recently where she was questioned by congresswoman marjorie taylor green take a look how that went all right We heard you say today that the COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective, but what I'd like to talk to you today about is the 1.5 million VAERS reports that also reported 35,000 deaths uh, associated with the COVID-19 vaccine. And this has been what many Americans feel like a largely ignored issue. They feel like the CDC has completely ignored the reports 
They feel like you, as the CDC director, have completely ignored their reports, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Um, in 2020, it was late 2020 when Pfizer's uh, COVID-19 vaccine was approved, and there were COVID-19 vaccines were the second highest reported. That was over 10,000. But in 2021, when vaccines were mandated, it was a federal mandate in September 9th of 2021. Federal employees and con contractors were required. 90% of the 3.5 million uh, people employed or contracted under the federal government got at least one dose of the vaccine. Vaccine cards were widely required in Democrat-run cities all over the country, basically to become a member of society. And in 2021, COVID-19 reports skyrocketed to number one at 728,829 reports. Second was the Zoster shingles vaccine at just over 14,000. That's a massive number. I will do want to talk a minute about the vaccine adverse um, reporting, vaccine adverse event reporting system. So that system is intended for any person who has gotten a vaccine. If they have an untoward event after that vaccine, whether or not is related to the vaccine, they report. It is intended to have an over-reporting all of the vaccines, not all, most of the vaccines that were being given, remember we, we gave 676 million doses of that, the vaccine. Any adverse event, if you got hit by a truck after you got your vaccine, that was reported to the vaccine adverse event reporting system. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible to watch this statement about car accidents. They bring this up. And I'd like to know what percentage actually somehow blame the car accident. We've done a lot of investigation. It's really hard to fill out a bear's report. Most doctors, when they're asked, can't take the time. The screen closes out on you. You have to start all over. But mostly what Robert Kennedy Jr. said is true. Why, after 40 years, is this the only real capture system we have, especially when you release an experimental product knowing we're going to need a robust system if we're going to catch any problems with the vaccine. So it's absolutely deplorable that you just say, well, you can't even trust it. We'll build a better one then. And I also want to put this out there for anyone's like, yeah, it's ridiculous car accidents. OK, what was one of the big problems they have with the vaccine? Why did they start making people getting the COVID vaccine stay in the office for 45 minutes? Because they were passing out cold. What happens if you're leaving your doctor's office and you pass out cold while driving? Just going to put it out there so that you don't think it's just absolutely preposterous that someone put a car accident in here. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how many there are, but I'm just saying there are reasons why a car accident could be in there. Syncope being when you pass out, which is a side effect that could actually, you know, cause some problems if it happened while you're driving. And this VAERS system has been a massive point of contention because, like you said, it's the only system, but also its ability to report. So this is a very rare moment because we never get a, a person at the CDC talking about this system, let alone a director. So uh, Walensky says, it's intended to have over-reporting, so have no fear. So let's, let's really just fact-check that claim really quick. So in 2000, there was a report by the Committee of Government Reform, and this looked at the, a vaccine injury compensation program, which VAERS is under, and it was it's called Addressing the Needs and Improving Practices. And it says this in that report. While the vaccine adverse events reporting system, VAERS, may be lauded as, quote, front line, the front line of safe, the vaccine safety, the lack of enforcement provisions and effective monitoring of reporting practices preclude accurate assessments of the extent to which adverse events are actually reported. 
former FDA commissioner David A. Kessler has estimated that VAERS reports currently represent only a fra fraction of the serious adverse events. And then we go on to what Kennedy was saying, the Harvard Pilgrim study right. that ended in 2009. And that's where CDC gave almost a million dollars to this large healthcare network and said, automate it, take the human factor out of it and automate it for 30 days. Tell me what you find. 715,000 people in this in this study, I guess you want to call it. And this is what they found. They write this, quote, adverse events from drugs and vaccines are common, but underreported. Fewer than 1% of vaccine adverse events are reported. And so people can say, well, that was decades ago. The system's improved. We, we really had it online for COVID. Not so fast. What was one of the first, besides uh, this, the fainting, and anaphylactic shocks to the COVID vaccine, yeah. one of the first major issues to pop up was myocarditis from mRNA vaccines in young boys. And so what did they find? The Journal of the American Medical Association looked at that from the vaccine rollout in December 2020 to August in 2021. They used the VARES system. The researchers used the VARES system to base this study on. And what did they find? They said, well, as we're using this system, we found this. As a passive system, VARES data are subject to reporting biases in that both underreporting and overreporting are possible. Given the high verification rates of reports of myocarditis to VAERS after mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccination, underreporting is more likely. Therefore, the actual rates of myocarditis per million doses of vaccines are likely higher than estimated. So even the researchers say, are saying, look, we're using this thing, but it's underreporting. And since then, obviously, that was in 2022, we're, yeah. we're getting reports of myocarditis is a lot more than even found in that study. And for so, people that want to see where VAERS is at right now when it comes to the COVID vaccine, here's their most recent numbers from Open VAERS. 35,398 deaths that are reported. Remember, we usually see about... <laughs> and check out the vSafe data, which is very accurate because it monitored people. And you'll see, you know, it, you know. Oh, sorry, folks. I had an issue. Uh, I'm going to back up a few seconds. Sorry for what you might have just missed. Uh, 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 it might have been on my end, too. So I'm, uh, I'm all right. Okay. Yeah. All right talking to Sam for the general viewing and listening audience who doesn't doesn't uh, hear him um, just uh, responding to him. So I just uh, rewind this about uh, 10 or 20 seconds and now resume. Full amount of numbers, 203,000 hospitals died. So these are just reports, not necessarily the numbers. But as we're saying, this could be somewhere between 1% to 10% of the actual amount of numbers. 203,000 hospitalizations, 151,000 urgent care, 236,000 doctor visits, Bell's palsy, all the rest. And, and by the way, go to our website and check out the vSafe data, which is very accurate because it monitored people. And you'll see, you know, in, you know, serious adverse events at rates that are just astronomical. Um, uh, so so th this is one of the things that we focus a lot on, and, and rightfully so. And so the pandemic has wound down, and you see people that were once leading a charge 
Fauci is out, Francis Collins is gone, and now Walensky is on her way out as well. And people are looking at the CDC because this is an agency that admitted mistakes that it, during the pandemic, yeah. admitted that they were going to do an internal review of the agency. They're going to do a sweeping reorganization. And even the public is saying that they don't trust them. Look at this. This is just from two months ago. This is a survey. A quarter of Americans distrust CDC recommendation survey finds. If you go into that article, you read about the survey, a total of 63 percent total are questioning the trust of the agency in one wow. way or another. So what are we going to do? Are we going to put in somebody that is a free thinking, really critical? Thinking. How about the word like critical thinking, you know, medical professional? Right. Someone who's not just going to take the, the football, the handout of a, a, a talking point, not question it and run out to the public with it over yeah. the media. Uh, so we have now a new CDC director that Biden has chosen. His, her name is Mandy Cohen. Biden picks Mandy Cohen, the architect of North Carolina's COVID-19 response as CDC director. And you hear that. You hear architect. Well, it must be something wow. very important she did there yeah. uh, in North Carolina. And so this is let's let's take a little background of her. So any public health official, especially someone going into that high position, should be judged by how they handle themselves during the pandemic. This is one of the, the most defining moments in public health history of the century. And so what is their report card on this? So let's look at Mandy Cohen in June of 2021. So remember now. Emails, FOIA emails have just come out showing that Rochelle Walensky was discussing vaccine breakthrough infections mm -hmm. as early as January 30th, 2021. So fast forward to June of 2021. We know there's breakthrough infections. We know you can transmit this virus if you get the vaccine. Let's listen to what Mandy Cohen does and says in the public. Okay. What we heard from the CDC last week um, was even better news than we had heard before, right? We had heard that vaccines protect you from getting COVID. I think the new piece of information for us was now we really have more definitive data to show that you, it also prevents you from giving COVID to others. And that's really when the masks come in, right? Is a mask were about protecting you from giving COVID to others, even if you don't know you have it. And the fact that the CDC was so confident to say, now we know that these vaccines not only protect you as an individual, it protects you from giving it to others. I think that's why we're able to move forward more quickly. I love that all these people are on camera saying this over and over again. And what a disastrous failure of judgment that has ended up you know, being. And anybody, including us, which we did, can look at the trials, Pfizer trials. They weren't even tested to see if they stopped transmission. Right. And so... They said the CDC data. Now we know that she was wrong. Um, Cleveland Clinic study recently has shown that this is it. Over 51,000 employees looking at the effectiveness of the bivalent vaccine. And they concluded this. The risk of COVID-19 increased with time since the most recent prior COVID-19 episode and with the number of vaccine doses previously received. So we're talking negative efficacy, essentially. Yeah, the more there. vaccines you get, the more at risk you are for being infected. Hardly what we think of when we think of the definition of a vaccine. And, and so let's let's talk about schools, school closures, masking. How did she do on those? Because those are obviously huge, huge points of contention again here during that COVID pandemic response. In September of 2021, the Union Country School Board, that's in North, uh, North Carolina, voted eight to one to immediately end staff uh, responsibility for contact tracion, tracing quarantine operations for asymptomatic students and staff. Wow. What did Mandy Cohen do? Here's the headline from that time. She sent them a legal action may be required to protect the public's health 
states pens letter to union county public schools to follow COVID-19 toolkit. That was Mandy Cohen signing her name on that letter. She basically threatened legal action. And what they did was they actually backed down the school, reversed that eight to one vote and said, sorry, we don't want a legal battle with our state health department. So we had to stop that. Now, so let's bullying look bullying schools that were just trying to get their kids an education. Unbelievable. It, it appears so. And so, you know, as we sit here, we're still waiting to hear about all of those benefits of masking kindergartners and kids during the pandemic for extended periods of time. We know the harms. The harms are showing up with their development. But how did North Carolina handle this? Well, here's the headline from that time. North Carolina recommends districts require masks for all students and teachers in K through eight schools, unvaccinated high school students and teachers as well. And you start to go in this article and you read the guidance cut off cuts off at eighth grade because there's a mix of children who are eligible in middle school. Cohen says she's hoping the incentive to take off masks will encourage high schoolers to get vaccinated. So it's not science. It's an incentive. And it goes on to say this. Cohen says high schools may still require universal masking at the high school, for example, if they think their current vaccination rate is too low. So here's your health department head giving the hat tip to, to high schools saying, you know what, if you're not happy with your vaccination rate, mask those kids up until they comply, because that is what I'm telling you to do. And wow. so we have some more video of Cohen. She was recently at kind of a, a, a Q&A session on, in North Carolina on a college campus. And she was really candid about some of the, the, the ways that the COVID restrictions were being thought about, were being talked about behind closed doors. Kind of gives you a window more of who she is. Take a look. Probably the person I called most was the Secretary of Health and Human Services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but, you know, when she was like, are you, are you going to let them have professional um, uh, football? And I was like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, so, um, so uh, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or, or I'd be like, so when are you going to think about lightening up a mess? They were like, so like, next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. Because it's science. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. (laughs) And so, you know, looking at all this, I think the public, you know, the public has watched the flip flop of Fauci, of Walensky, Mm -hmm. all of these years. And we're hoping, all right, at least we're not going to have somebody that is cut from the same cloth as Fauci, you know, this double talking bureaucrat that's been in office forever. And unfortunately, then I start looking on the Internet and I see a picture that looks like this. And this is Mandy Cohen oh, no. with a Fauci oh, face no. mask. <laughs> <laughs> and so there you have it. Um, I guess we're going to be reporting, though, at every step of the way because she has some big shoes to fill. And there's a lot of people watching how the CDC is going to gain back the trust of Americans. And we've had media like never before looking at this agency. So we'll see how they bake the cookies in public this time. Well, maybe if she just sticks to calling friends and rolling dice to make decisions for the CDC, you know, we'll sort of bring that trust right back to where it used to be. (laughs) Uh, Jeffrey, great reporting. Amazing stuff. Um, uh, Just such an honor to be working with you. So I'll I'll see you next week. Thank you, Del. All right. If you like what Jeffrey's doing, you should definitely check him out on uh, the Jackson Report, which is a part of the the constant, you know, newspaper that we're putting out. We also... Um, have the informant, which is a gift to all of you that are donating to make this show possible, to make our legal work possible. The informant is our gift to you, brand new. Um, um, 
uh, I want to say episode, but a, a new informant has just come out, so you should definitely check the volume. That's the word. Uh, check that out. And I want to thank all of you that make this show possible. Uh, through your donations, we are able to not be controlled by our sponsors, so we can ask any question we want. We can have whatever debate we want, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. You make that possible. As you watch this show, I want you to ask yourself, Okay, we're back. I think we got it fixed out. Fixed up now. Sorry, folks. Um, I'm not sure why I'm having microphone issues so often. Switching between different microphones I've tested before, so um, I'm using my webcam. I know that's going to work. And uh, there you heard it from the high wire with Del Big Tree. Let me get him off the screen and then um, add a little bit to what was said there. Um, before we go to break, let's get into this article from Children's Health Defense. And uh, it's relating to the opening story there on the high wire with Del Big Tree, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, in a bid in bid to compete with Twitter, Zuckerberg launches social media app that collects all your data and follows you everywhere. And put that up on screen um, in large, so you can read it better if you're following along on the live stream. And it starts out, it was uh, July 7th, 2023, a couple days ago, by Brenda Belletti, PhD, commenting on the new app, Threads, journalist Kim Iverson said Zuckerberg is not, quote, socially savvy, so I don't know if he fully understands why want cens- want a censorship-free platform, end quote. Um, one day after a federal judge temporarily barred key Biden administration officials and federal agencies from communicating with social media platforms about censoring specific online content. Mark Zuckerberg launched threads. Meta's new social media platform intended to compete with Twitter. So uh, I'm going to interject here. It looks like it might be a more of an open platform, seemingly open platform like Twitter, which seemingly, (laughs) I know many cases it's Ruthlessly moderated, like just like Facebook. But uh, if you if you have an open uh, commenting platform on Twitter where you can comment on any of these tweets, unless they have barred you from doing so or blocked your account or only allowed followers to comment, then uh, it's more of a purported open platform. We'll be right back on the Virgin Station Radio Show. Chris Steiner here with you. Stay tuned. The FDA said it's safe for me. The drug companies claim that it's made for me. And the government, they're going to pay for me. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org.
Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilajit literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilajit has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Please call 855-253-3748. 855-2-KEEP-IT-TODAY. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash rbn. Welcome to the revolution. All the walls are breaking down. It's time you had a taste of losing. Time the tables turn around. I see a glimpse of a recognition. But it's too little, it's too late And what you thought was your best decision Just became your worst mistake One of me is wiser One of me is stronger One of me is a fighter And there's a thousand faces of me And we're going Yeah, we're gonna rise up For every time you're on me 
back now on the air. There we go. Sorry, Sam. We're doing some audio checks uh, just before, right as the break uh, ended there, the bumper music. So, um, apologize, but uh, the show must go on. Apologize if the audio quality is a little low. Get closer to the microphone, uh, such as it is a webcam microphone, and uh, continue where we were. This was the article from um, the Defender magazine. I'm going to have to get it back up on screen because I was trying to do some diagnostics during during the uh, break here, and we got it figured out. So, uh, pardon me, folks. The video production, I have to handle it myself, and it takes a few seconds to do things sometimes to handle all the technical things I have going on and, and uh, sometimes figure out new connections. I'm just talking as I'm waiting for the software to load up once again and, uh, you know, figure out uh, workarounds sometimes uh, using more than one computer and uh, I think we're able to get in my software now. can use more than one computer sometimes when I uh, patch them together with an audio cord and therefore I can Enter, uh, enter a Zoom conference into this software. So I figured out how to do that without having to pay $500. Uh, <laughs> I can ex- explain simply how to do it if anybody wants to learn. Um, they charge $500 to be able to do it through software. But you have another, uh, well, even just a mobile device wired in through an uh, internet connection and an audio cord or computer and an audio cord that everything can uh, work out just the same. And, uh, Let's see here. Actually, uh, there we go. Now, I can share my screen again and resume where I was. This will be, uh, once again, from the Defender magazine. And an article two days ago on Mark Zuckerberg launching his new social media app that he is calling Threads. So, continuing with the article... Quote, but this is uh, Kim Iverson speaking once again. Quote, but have no fear. All hope for censorship isn't lost. Journalist Kim Iverson told viewers of the Kim Iverson show. Quote, because yesterday Mark Zuckerberg's Twitter knockoff threads was unveiled and it immediately began censoring users. End quote. Iverson reported the app was released with much fanfare, but she said the doubts it will become a real competitor to Twitter for several reasons. First, she said the user base for an app like Threads is different from that of Twitter. Threads is based on Instagram, which is a, quote, very visual medium, end quote, whereas Twitter is for writers, comedians, and people who prefer to communicate via written text. The two platforms serve different purposes, she said, so it isn't clear why people would transfer from Twitter to Threads. I look like looking at the makeup posts and the fashion and the food and the cats on Instagram, she's referring to, she said. But I don't know if I really want to know what they have to say in politics or current events. That's why I go to Twitter. End quote. Well, I would say Twitter isn't the best place. There are better places. Twitter is pretty good for a lot of news. I've found it's very good, obviously, because I've played a lot of clips from I found on Twitter. Uh, though I've also found a lot on other social networks. I'm just adding, interjecting the article here, folks. Uh, it's so liberating to be on other social networks where you're not afraid of being censored and therefore you're speaking with people who feel the same way and they let loose all they can and uh, therefore their audience learns a lot more than these other platforms in general so 
if you're on these major platforms, you're likely to be uh, even unconsciously self-censoring on things you think might uh, get your platform, um, get a strike on your platform. Uh, continuing, Iverson also doubted people would want to add yet another app to their social media portfolio, giving them one more thing to check each day. But the most serious barrier to thread success, she said, is that it already is censoring users. Quote, they immediately do the one thing that is upsetting to everybody, end quote, she said. Iverson and Zuckerberg is not, quote, socially savvy, so I don't know if he fully understands the appeal of Twitter and why people were up in arms about the censorship and why they want a censorship-free platform, end quote. She said she thought that Twitter holds equal appeal for both its fans and its haters, even people who claim they think they want censorship on social media platforms. She said, quote, deep down, they don't. They want to hear the crap that other people have to say so that they can rag on it and get mad about it, end quote. And I would agree. Quote, Twitter feeds off of anger. It feeds off of being upset and Picking on people is unhealthy, but that's the emotion, end quote, she said, added. But the censorship is already happening, Iverson said, sharing a tweet from Derek Utley, informing followers that Threads users alerted him that he is being censored. And if we show that tweet up on screen here, so he writes, Meta slash Instagram just released their new Threads platform, and I've been informed by multiple users that I'm censored on their new platform. She can't a dude catch a break. Elon Musk, he tags, doesn't have me censored. And so it's showing on Threads where it's asking, are you sure you want to follow this fellow, Derek Utley? And, you know, it's just like Facebook. <laughs> it warns you. I'm adding in here, it's just like Facebook or other platforms, sometimes they ask you, do you really want to follow this page? They've been known to spread disinformation. Uh, continuing, Iverson said when she tried to follow Utley on threads, quote, immediately this image pops up and it says this account has been repeatedly posting false information that was received, reviewed by independent fact checkers and went against our community guidelines, end quote. People can follow him, but potential followers first receive that warning. Iverson said Threads is treating many other accounts, such as DC Drano and Donald Trump Jr., the same way, and that all censored accounts appear to be held by Republicans. Quote, I don't know if I'm any Democrats, because, of course, they only tell the truth, end quote. She joked. Threads also is collecting extensive user data. Iverson showed Twitter founder Jack Dorsey's tweet posting all the data that Meta collects from its users which includes health and fitness, financial data, location data, search history, contacts, purchase history, and more. And there is a former Twitter owner, Jack Dorsey's post. Um, he posts, uh, all your threads are belong to us. He's, By the way, if folks uh, don't understand that, that phraseology, it comes from a satirical, um, I guess it's a takeoff, a, a meme of an old video game. Um, where it ends up saying, or uh, you know, if, if you're if you've lost the game, it says all your bases are belong to us. So somebody who didn't understand English quite well <laughs> made that graphic for that video game, and everyone's made fun of it ever since. So that's why Jack Dorsey posts all your threads are belong to us, and he links over to the Apple apps and. Um, it's a warning that he shows the screenshot of here. The developer, Instagram Incorporated, indicated that 
the app's privacy practices may include handling of data, as described below. For more information, see the developer's privacy policy. So um, it lists all those things that I just mentioned. Continuing, Iverson said she wondered why Zuckerberg created the platform. It is one thing to create a better product, she said, but Zuckerberg, quote, hasn't come out with a better product. He's come out with a product that goes back to the product we didn't want, which is a censorship product that collects all your data and follows you everywhere, end quote. And I might add, uh, you know, Facebook is full of great features. It's just that most of them don't work or work correctly. <laughs> That's the problem with Facebook is you know, they tell you you can do all these things and then you don't reach the people that you want to. And often it uh, has so many bugs in it. I notice, like when I set up an event often, it'll very often, it changes the date of the event. And I also wonder why is it that if the date of an event Facebook has registered incorrectly and that that date and time has already passed. It doesn't allow you to change it through a browser on a desktop computer, but it does on a phone. I don't understand that either, so I'm not sure. Um, it just, you know, goes to show some of the interference that we have to deal with. Well, you don't have to, though, uh, try to rescue folks from the matrix. I guess we should shouldn't complain, though I'm just warning folks. These are some of the things that should uh, help us discourage Facebook market share and help it, help it uh, continue to decline. I'll continue the article now. She quoted, that's a Kim, reporter Kim Iverson, that's a great, uh, great show on uh, she quoted Scott Adams who asked whether Zuckerberg was trying to make money for Meta shareholders or whether he was seeking to, quote, claw back political influence from Twitter, end quote. Iverson also pointed out that if Meta were to succeed in competing with Twitter, it would have control over 80% of the social media market. And um, she continues on with uh, asking, do we really want to make the monopolistic czar over social media? I love it. Everyone, welcome to the Myerson Show. We do have about. Pardon me, folks. Uh, <laughs> all right, and then it shows a little clip from her show um, over on YouTube. That's uh, 16 minutes, so we're not going to get into that. Um, let's see, what do we have next? Uh, I want to welcome your calls, by the way. I want to let you know that all your calls are welcome on all topics, always open lines. Here at 512-248-8252, 512-248-8252, and troll-free, 800-313-9443. That's 800-313-9443. And you can join us in the chat room. Let me go double go check on that again. Um, and... Uh, all right. I, thanks for Marbelli pointing, uh, linking to the Facebook stream. And we are streaming live on DLive, Facebook, Kick, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, and Vaughn Live. And I'll go post those up on the uh, in the chat room. Those uh, those links, by the way, so you can. I haven't posted them all up on on my page at theliberationstation.com as I'm still trying to decide uh, which ones I'm going to use. But uh, 
Here we go. I'll go put them up in the chat room. That's over on the listen slash archives page at theliberationstation.com. And let's get to the next article. Close a couple windows here. And uh, the next article from Steve Kirsch's Substack. I've got to go share up on screen. And uh, it's the title, The Most Damaging Paper of the Pandemic was published in The Lancet for less than 24 hours before they censored it. I'm getting it up on screen as I speak here. All right. And... Oh, okay. Sorry, folks. I was just getting a little message from my streaming software. Said so there was a little problem. They're trying to resolve it, but it wasn't describing what I could do about it or what the problem was. So I have to continue and hope that everything is going okay. Uh, this article just posted uh, two days, uh, July, pardon me, four days ago, July fifth, twenty twenty-three. The COVID vaccines have killed massive numbers of people, and the government covered it up. The paper published as a preprint shows seventy-four percent of deaths post-vax due to the vax. The study, a systematic review of autopsy findings and deaths after COVID-19 vaccination, posted the same day of this article, July 5th, 2023, in The Lancet. And uh, to start out with the article, head over to Dr. Peter McCullough's Substack for the details, and please consider subscribing to his Substack. He's terrific, a great friend, a scientist, a man of great courage. This is a preprint, so not yet peer-reviewed. Here is the abstract. He links to the paper, a Daily Skeptic article about the removal in less than 24 hours after it was posted. The paper had about 30,000 views in 24 hours, about 20 views per minute, before the Lancet review, removed the paper, saying, quote, this preprint has been removed by preprints with The Lancet because the study's conclusions are not supported by the study methodology. And um, what is astonishing to me is that they were able to determine that so quickly. Normally, peer review takes months. The Lancet has shown that errors meriting removal can be determined in just 24 hours. But we don't have a clue what the errors were because they didn't tell us and they didn't tell the authors either. They didn't even give the authors a chance to respond. I might add that's usually the case when such a thing happens. Continuing, they basically unilaterally decided the paper's conclusion wasn't supported by the methods and they weren't interested in any responses from the authors before taking action. The paper shows 74% of deaths post-vax could be attributed to the vaccine being a cause of death, and most of the deaths happened within one week of vaccination. The results are strongly consistent with the Schwab paper where 71% of deaths appear to be consistent with a vaccine death. And that Schwab study is entitled, um, let me just switch over to that to show that up on screen. Getting pretty good at doing it quickly so folks can take note who are watching. And it is entitled Autopsy-Based Histopathological Characterization of Myocarditis After Anti-SARS-CoV-2 Vaccination. And it was um, published November 27th, 2022. Um, And let me get back to the article now. Just a second, folks. Uh, 
and continuing now the article, they basically were looking for the, quote, cleanest, end quote, proof of death. But it's like all 71% of the cases, 25 out of 35 died from the vaccine. It's just harder to, quote, unquote, prove that. The question we should be asking is, why are we first hearing about these cases now? How could all of the CDC's analyses show no relation to the vaccine? And why aren't we allowed to see the CDC's analyses? 532 comments. Uh, So there's a lot of interaction on that article, Um, but I'm going to go share the screen now for that uh, Dr. Peter McCullough article that uh, Steve Kirsch just uh, referred to. So give me a couple seconds here. And this is over at uh, Dr. Peter McCullough's Substack, petermcculloughmd.substack.com, entitled Courageous Discourses. COVID-19 vaccine is the culprit in majority found dead after injection system systemic review of 325 autopsies finds convincing evidence. Lancet censors paper from preprint server after surge in download story by the Daily Skeptic. New link to manuscript is posted. As government and public health officials squirm with more published deaths coming out on a daily basis, the final retort of, quote, you cannot prove the vaccine caused the death, end quote, has just been blown out of the water. Holscher and all have published the largest accumulation of autopsy results and deaths after COVID-19 vaccination. From a total of 325 cases, independent review found the COVID-19 vaccine was the cause of death in 73.9%. The vast majority had cardiovascular system as the single fatal organ system injury to the body. Now, new Zenodo link to manuscript as of July 6, 2023. And um, he links to that, as I mentioned in the Steve Kirsch article. So there are Steve Kirsch's and Dr. Peter McCullough's commentary. So, um, that's uh, some historic news. Now, next, it's shared up on the screen, another article from Children's Health Defense. As my computer turns, <laughs> as the wheel turns on my computer screen, and um, it's entitled, In Surprise Reversal, NIH to Hand Over Communications Between Agency and People Injured by COVID Shots. The National Institutes of Health on Wednesday withdrew its motion to dismiss a freedom of information lawsuit filed by Children's Health Defense after the agency refused to turn over documents related to correspondence between NIH researchers and people who contacted the agency regarding their injuries from the COVID-19 vaccine. So that's another victory, and I am now able to share that up on screen. Uh, The article by Brenda Boletti, Ph.D., just a couple days ago, July 7th, 2023, the National Institutes of Health this week withdrew its motion to dismiss a lawsuit involving Children's Health Defense Freedom of Information Act request for documents related to COVID-19 
Instead, it stopped responding to children's health defense communications, and later, its court filings made baseless, quote, baseless claims, end quote, to try to get the case dismissed, Rosenberg said. CHD's opposition to NIH's motion to dismiss argued that, in fact, its Freedom of Information Act request was quite specific, though earlier back-and-forth communication with NIH, CHD, had narrowed and specified its request. NIH responded that, quote, since the filing of the motion to dismiss and after considering plaintiff's opposition, end quote, the agency decided to fulfill the FOIA request rather than seeking to dismiss the lawsuit. CHD's lawsuit alleges that in early 2021, multiple people experiencing severe ongoing health problems after COVID-19 vaccination, including cardiovascular, neurological, and muscular issues, contacted NIH researchers. The NIH bought some of them brought some of them in for testing and treatment, as reported in a January 20th, 2022 article in Science, that's Science Magazine, science.org, and documented a portion of that work in a publicly available paper that detailed an observational study it carried out on 23 people reporting neuropathic symptoms after COVID-19 vaccination. And uh, I can pull those up on the article in just a moment, those references. So the, uh, the reference uh, for the Science Magazine article, um, not sure, I, I don't think I'll pull that up. Uh, yeah, there we go. I got it now. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It is entitled, In Rare Cases, Coronavirus Vaccines May Cause Long COVID-Like Symptoms, Brain Fog, Headaches, Blood Pressure, Swings, are being produced, pardon, are being probed by NIH and other researchers January 20th, 2022 by Jennifer Kuzin-Frankel and Gretchen Vogel. And we'll pop that up on screen for just a second. And then the article, I mean, pardon me, the, the clinical study I shall show up here on screen is entitled Neuropathic Symptoms with SARS-CoV-2 Vaccination, and um, it's out of Yale in uh, May 17th, 2022, so um, I'm not going to bother showing that up on screen. For the sake of time here, it takes me a little bit of time to switch around, so back to the article, and uh, over at Children's Health Defense, the, the victory for CHD. Continuing, several vaccine-injured people, including Brianne Dressen, founder of the REACT19, that's at react19.org, nonprofit that supports people with long-term COVID-19 vaccine injuries, also detailed their interactions with NIH to the Defender, that's the Children's Health Defense Magazine. They reported that NIH was initially responsive and investigated their injuries, but later abruptly halted communication with them. CHD's Freedom of Information Act request sought communications between 10 NIH researchers and people who contacted NIH in connection with health problems experienced after COVID-19 injection. CHD asked for all emails sent and received from vaccine-injured individuals, all NIH call logs documenting communications with them, 
and all internal communications between NIH researchers regarding any affected individuals. So, good job, uh, Children's Health Defense. That's great news. That article again, in surprise reversal, NIH to hand over communications between agency and people injured by COVID shots. Over at childrenshealthdefense.org slash defense. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.